Welcome to Balance Boldly, the podcast where we get bold about our balance and campaign to shake the shame that stunts our growth. I'm your host, Nikita Thigpen, Balance and Relationship Advisor for Bold Women in Business and a Few Brave Men. This segment is brought to you by Millennial Leadership, a global advising network powered by youadvise.me. Millennial Leadership is engaging today's leaders for career success, one city at a time. Go to millennialleadership.youadvise.me for more information. Well, needless to say, I have been on a complete mission this entire season for season four, which is all about powering up, letting go those old habits that no longer serve you and creating new ones that fuel you, help you recalibrate, and essentially help you to thrive moving forward in all the ways that you need to. Your life, your relationships, your business, your profits, all that good stuff. Today, I am excited and happy and acknowledging the fact that this chick has been giving me the run around. <laughs> I've been trying to get her now down. She has such a full schedule because she's all over doing amazing things. Um, and she's from another country, so that helps really, really, really much, especially when I go to her country and get lost. The Dominican Republic, which we'll laugh about in a second because she doesn't know I almost emailed her like five times the last time I was there <laughs> a couple weeks ago. So let me do an introduction to Karina Garden. She is an amazing woman. She's dedicated to meaningful impact. So not just impacting because we hear that kind of mantra all the time. I'm all about impact. She's about meaningful impact, supporting and promoting the business developments of local minority owned small businesses. She's on a mission to empower women entrepreneurs by supporting their journey as they seek to make their mark in the business world. In addition to some of the amazing things she's done as a lawyer, she is a major power partner for ThigPro. She's created all these businesses. She's co-started all these great projects, including the business of WE, which stands for Women Entrepreneurs. She's an invaluable resource, as is some of the projects that she's a part of, being mission-centered and success-focused in everything she's done. She's been featured on NBC Visions, Univision, Telemundo, New York One, NPR Latino, and the list goes on. It's way too much for me to share. <laughs> Let me welcome Karina Garten to the Balance Bully Podcast. Welcome, Karina. Hello, hello. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so honored. Um, this is very exciting for me. Um, and, and again, thank you for having me. And thank you for that amazing introduction. I, I really feel like I need to tape record that and transcribe <laughs> it and, uh, you know, kind of use that in my, um, in my bio. This is amazing. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Well, you know, I'm excited to have you. You know, I was teasing because um, you were one of the people I was talking to before my sister got married in the Dominican Republic this June that passed. And you were like, let me know if you need anything. And I'm like, I'm going to hold you to that. <laughs> I was you totally should have. I, mean, I, I should have. I to giggle as you were, you know, thinking <laughs> about that a few seconds ago. I'm like, oh my gosh, she's crazy. You should have reached out. I really should have. There was so much specialness. I mean, it all worked out because one of our assistants is from there as well. So I was able to get on the line with somebody. But a couple times I'm like, listen, these people know I'm not from here. They're trying to get over. <laughs> I, I gotta tell you, we are a wonderful people, very service oriented. I love, I, I love my country. I love my people. But yes, <laughs> there is a chance that they're trying to get over you, you know, on you at all times. So I'm glad that you were able to identify that and get some help. And you know, 
no no disrespect to, to the rest of my Dominican family, but yeah. No, they were like, listen, girl, you know how in America people were like, speak English. They were like, listen, if you don't speak my language, get out of here. <laughs> No, they didn't say that, but, you know, that was definitely the feeling. But I put my daughter out. She's bilingual, so I was able to be like, Messiah, go go say this. Go say that. She was t totally annoyed by me. But um, <laughs> I'm glad that you had availed yourself to be available if, in fact, I needed to email you the five times that I thought about it because I, I definitely came excruciatingly close. Uh, but I want everyone who's listening on Balance Foley to get an idea of the amazing things you do in one of your first hats as a lawyer because I know that that is a hat that is one of the heaviest ones that you rock because you wear it Monday through Friday nine to five and you do a lot for people so share a little bit about what you do as a lawyer absolutely um so there's a lot of, of components even to um you know just being an attorney and what I do day to day um, for my employer, um, the folks that, that, you know, pay my rent and feed my puppies. <laughs> um, <laughs> while I'm here, um, I actually um, work on transactional uh, contracts, uh, drafting and negotiating them. Um, here specifically, I work for a landlord or real estate management company. And um, one of the things that we do is that we, you know, um, manage the leases and uh, any contract related to our tenants in 26 buildings um, here in New York City in the Garment District. So, you know, basically from nine to five, that's what I'm doing. I'm one of um, two attorneys that are here at the office. Uh, but separate from that, and, and just something that I'm really passionate about is how I can use my, um, my legal background to help small businesses. And so I do have a lot of clients um, on the side. I don't like to say on the side because, you know, they're very important to me, but mm -hmm. that I do help um, when I'm not here at the office. And, and a lot of the things that I focus on with them is just, you know, the starter process from beginning to end, um, the business formation process, drafting any government documents for them, um, you know, whether it just be the initial contracts or perhaps they're a little bit further along and just need me to review um, the contracts that they have and redraft them, that sort of thing. Um, any way that I could be supportive uh, to uh, business owners, uh, either starting up or, you know, when they're off and running. That makes sense. I mean, and in short, you're dealing with a lot of details and covering important areas that people could easily miss when we get into the DIY do it yourself mode. Uh, exactly. Right. That many people do. And I know all those details for you because, um, you know, small disclaimer, folk, me and Karina have a little bit of a background between each other. We've had multiple conversations. So I've been loving on her well before she came to the show. Um, and I know that you're a, a designer, like an event designer. You take your eye for detail that you have under your legal hat and you're able to use it in such a visual and creative way. Because I've seen some of the amazing branding and other things you've done with Business of We, just to mention one of them. It's been amazing. It's incredible. Thank you so much. And you know, it's funny, a lot of people, um, actually, I shouldn't say a lot of people, I myself uh, project a little bit of uncertainty because most attorneys or, or most people see attorneys, um, you know, in, in a very <laughs> specific light. And for the most part, I don't fit 
that bucket. Um, mm. And one of the things that is just very important to me um, in trying to find balance and and work on my wellness and, and you know, just ultimately um, survive the nine to five that can get, and not boring, but it could just be repetitive, um, especially when it's transactional work. You know, I, I don't go... Um, in front of judges, I don't really speak to clients on a day to day, you know, day to day. Um, so one of the things that I've found that really balances that, and that I'm able to kind of use the same analytical and detail-oriented um, characteristics that I use, like you mentioned, uh, as an attorney, is just exploring all the, the creativeness inside of me. I love visual branding, um, and that's led to you know teaching myself website design, graphic work. Um, my first love and my first uh, business venture actually was in event planning. Um, I love content creation. I love blogging because I read so much, and I just want to share it with the world. So it's actually a, a really nice balance that even I myself don't understand um and and you know the other people kind of have a hard time processing how my brain <laughs> sort of enjoys both mm-hmm. but it works for me it's it's one of the the weird little quirks that you know allows me to just be okay day to day now i love your weirdness because i have that same peculiarity <laughs> Right. Like it's, you know, like I tell my kids, like my goal was not for you to ever be normal. I want you to embrace your weird because your weird, your difference is what makes you genius. And it allows you to move through this world in a way that most people could never relate to, which is great. It's not a bad thing. Um, I absolutely love that. And, and I love you even more for saying that it's, you know, it's one of the things that and I think especially being an immigrant and, and mm-hmm. um, my parents having that immigrant mentality um i was told you know or basically i don't want to say told because i don't want to put that on my parents but my experience um was the complete opposite it was more of you know you have to fit in and you mm-hmm. have to excel and you have to play by the rules of this country so that you can accomplish um everything that you said you know out to do and it hasn't been until, I mean, literally maybe the last 10 years that I've just given up on trying to be like everyone else. Mm-hmm. Because it's just, that's a full-time job in and of itself. And, and I honestly just don't have the time and the energy. <laughs> um, and it was just, it was making me miserable. So um, I will say that I have embraced uh, my quirks. Uh, I like to call them, or I like to tell people that I'm, I'm a little quirky. And uh, I've started to embrace my madness and all of the things that make me a little wild. But it's just it's it's just me being authentic. Absolutely. I mean, you're an analytical creative, which was one of the first kind of characteristics or attributes that I noticed uh, when I was willing to be honest with myself. It was the thing that I pointed out for me when I was like, why don't I just, you know, my my family is complete creative. So my husband's a writer, my son's a filmmaker and a poet and photographer. And, you know, he paints and does all that great, like real tangible creative stuff. And my daughter's a performer. So I'm like surrounded by real, you know, quote unquote, traditional creative. And then I'm a creative, but I can't do any of that. I can't draw a stick figure, you know, don't ask, (laughs) right? I can't, like, that is not my forte. But my creative is I design solutions to problems. Like, um, everything in me that's creative is inside my head. I'm a secret interior designer, but don't ask me to actually make a curtain or, you know, sew some upholstery I'm not doing that I'll hire someone else to do it but I can tell them how I want it to look what texture what colors you know I'm like more of the 
the guider, if you will, in the design because I'm I'm the visionary. Right, right. Yes. I'm your secret sister. You know, my friends and business owners, I'm like, listen, you want me to come over and design <laughs> your living room. Like, it's I do this because I love it. Mm-hmm. happy. Give me your money <laughs> to do it. I think it's best in your space. And, you know, it, it fails. They're like, oh, we saw what you do with Tosa. Sure, run for it. Um, I love that. It's, it's just, I love it. So I understand exactly what you're saying. And I've never really thought about the, you know, the phrase analytical creative, but I like the sound of that. And I'm going to, I'm going to think about that a little bit more as it um, pertains to me, because I do have a really hard time, um, kind of, you know, branding myself. Mm-hmm. I can help anybody else brand, you know, their business and personal branding, but with myself, it's a little tough. Um, and I really like that. So thank you for sharing. You're welcome. And, you know, it's it's funny that we went down this, you know, level, this road of, you know, analytical creatives and looking at ourselves. There was um, one of my friend's coaches actually had said something to her that she shared with me, which I thought was pretty interesting. And he said, you, when you're inside the frame, you can't see the whole picture. And that's the reality of us, right? Like you're excellent at visual branding and all that stuff. But when you're inside your own frame for yourself, your own branding, it's really hard for you to step back and look at that, which is why you get other people to help you. And same same for me. I help people develop systems and processes to make everything smooth and so they can enjoy the success that they get in life, business, relationships, all that good stuff. But listen, let me have a morning when my mind is on 25. <laughs> It is really hard with this whole big toolkit of stuff I have, you know, from dealing with anxiety to anything. It sometimes is really hard because my tricks don't work on me. You know, they work on everyone else, but they don't work on me. That's that's a gift. Oh, my goodness. Your own brain recognizes, like, yeah, you know, we see you coming. Right. I mean, I like to say that it's just a a version of self-sabotage. Maybe not that extreme, but it's just hard to implement everything that you know um, works well on everyone else. You're like, yeah, that, that doesn't really work for me. I don't know why. It, it, it's just such a challenge. No, absolutely. And I, I think it's pretty amazing because I stopped fighting it and realize, you know, there's a reason that God gave multiple people multiple similar gifts because we can all help each other. So I could meet another balance and relationship advisor in the world who could help me be even better in my balance and relationship management and so on and so forth. And the same with you as a visionary, as a creative, as an analytical person who's a lawyer, like maybe you shouldn't do your own legal work. (laughs) You know what I mean? It's funny that you mentioned I actually have an attorney, um, which also makes people laugh. And I'm like, yeah, I got to tell you, he, and, and he is, you know, has been in my life for, for quite a while now. He's a better advocate um, of my rights, you know, and, and of everything that I'm trying to accomplish. He looks out for me in a way that I can look out for everyone else. But um, I just fall short, especially in like the advocating for, you know, and for myself, my benefit, it's like, it's amazing. I can only sit back and laugh. But like you said, I, I am proud of the fact that I finally came to that conclusion. Mm-hmm. I identified the problem and said, I need to stop the madness, at least in, in this, um, you know, aspect of my life. And, and I just looked for help. I 
sought help. I found someone that, that really connected with me and, and that's it. I, I'm an attorney who has her own attorney. That's right. I, I, was, I tease people all the time. Every coach should be coached. Every trainer should go to trainings. Every teacher should be taught. So now we know every attorney should have an attorney of their own. <laughs> to advocate disagree but no no don't let them fool you hopefully they too will come to a point in their lives and they're like "Hmm, i need to pass on this yeah no absolutely i mean one of the the new rabbit holes that we just started to enter in uh, was asking for help. You know, you made such yeah. a good point with that. I mean, we were talking kind of professionally on that level because you're managing a lot as an attorney, as an entrepreneur, as a power partner, you know, in addition to being an immigrant minority child, because I know there's a huge responsibility for family that falls on your shoulders. That's just, it's your normal. It may not even feel as heavy as it would feel to say me or someone else because it's been your normal. Um, and you were you talking a little bit earlier about the fact that assimilation was a, a major thing that, you know, when you came here, when your family came here, it was important for you to fit in and not stand out, um, which is similar for me as an African-American. My grandmother who raised me definitely wanted me to do that. But I'm a black sheep, rebellious kid who constantly like I kind of looked for the beaten to come. So I was always <laughs> getting in trouble and standing oh out. We're about to get into it in a minute, but I'm going to take a quick commercial break because, you know, you and I, as we normally do, we'll, we'll be doing this and forget other people are listening like, oh, I'm sorry. You were just getting a sneak peek. <laughs> All right. So let's take a quick commercial break. We'll be right back after this. This segment is brought to you by Fresh Level Productions, a video marketing agency that helps you attract, engage and convert prospects to clients all with the power of video. 
Visit FreshLevelPro.com to schedule a brainstorming session with a video marketing expert today. Welcome back to Balance Boldly. We are in this kind of proverbial kitchen with Karina Garden. We're having our own kitchen conversation right now because we are enjoying each other and we almost kind of sort of forgot that you guys were there because we're loving one each other too much. But I want to welcome you in because she's amazing. We talked about everything from the heaviness and the details of being an analytical creative to transferring those skills over to your passion as a visionary to, you know, the non-burden of being a first generation immigrant child, speaking the language, parentified and being totally more than okay with all the responsibilities that came in your life growing up um, that actually made you the person you are, made you sharper, made you smarter, made you more diligent and focused, but also can can have have lended, and I don't know because I don't want to tell your story, but could have lended to uh, some of the other heaviness that you've uh, been dealing with lately. So I want to continue the conversation, Karina, from where we were when we were talking about asking for help and paying attention as a professional, as an entrepreneur, as a woman, paying attention to your mental health and making sure that you're doing what you need to do for you. So what have been some of your experiences around that? Um, you know, in, in all honesty, and, and I want to um, put the disclaimer out there before I do start sharing some of um, uh, my personal life that really has uh, affected uh, my career and, and, you know, my entrepreneurial journey, but um, the disclaimer is that I'm really, really a work in progress. Um, you know, it is every day a challenge for me to really focus on my mental health, my overall wellness, you know, whether it's um, physical, um, mental, emotional, my eating, um, you know, not prioritizing, exercising, the, the battles with the weight gain um, and not eating. I mean, there's just so many things. So I really, do, um, I hope that nobody uh, thinks of me as a hypocrite that might be listening to this because while I, I really am excited about sharing my story and you know possibly um, just sharing some of the things that have worked for me today, I, there are so many ups and downs and you know but right now um, is, is actually a down for me and and by the time you know our audience listens to this, it could be that I'm I'm back you know in a high note and, and I'm feeling better. So I just wanted to say that I think it's really important for people um, to be able to, to, you know, to understand that um, it's a work in progress, even for those of us that, that have uh, come a long way from mm-hmm. where we were with anxiety and depression. Um, so now that I've gotten that, that from an, a very early um, time in my life, you know, I started down this path of not only doing everything that was expected of me, but because I wanted to make my parents really proud um, of, you know, me and, and everything that I can accomplish and and kind of, um, you know, put my sister, my little sister on the same path. Um, I, I really have there's been years that I've pushed myself to near exhaustion, which as many you know people know, that's really just toxic for your emotional, your mental stability. And unfortunately, it took me so many years to recognize this. It wasn't really until maybe about, I'm 38 years old, and it wasn't until about 10 years ago that I really said, okay, I, I need to stop 
the nonsense that, you know, yes, I excelled in high school. I graduated with an A plus because I knew that I needed to get a full scholarship to a, a good college to then be able to, you know, continue with my carefully laid out plans um, to go to law school, had to get into a great law school. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, from that, uh, I had to, you know, get married. Uh, like we've mentioned, I'm Latina, I'm Dominican. Um, so getting married and having children early, uh, very important. so like all of these things were um, really important to me at the same time, obviously very toxic. On the outside, I was legit. I had, you know, a cushy job. I had color husband. Um, you know, I, I had this big personality. Um, but really what was going on inside is that I felt like I was dying a slow death. And I understood that. I knew it. Like, I'm, I'm very cerebral. I'm very much in my head. I'm very introspective. So I was aware that that was happening. But I just really didn't know mm-hmm. what to do about it, um, it, where I can, you know, go to help, whether I should even go to help. So what did I continue to do? You know, I continued striving, setting more goals, checking off more boxes, getting more, you know, shit done. Mm-hmm. Um, on to the next thing. I, you know, just, it, it was this cycle. Um and again, it, it was a destructive cycle, but there really isn't anything wrong with setting these goals and trying to reach um, reach the next thing and, and reach the next phase in your life. But this became like my acute focus. The, you know, I would really, really focus and still do to some degree on all of the things that I hadn't done yet. So instead of, you know, sitting there and saying, oh my God, I, you know, have a double major and a minor from Boston University, um, you know, which I managed to do in four years. Mm -hmm. Instead of being happy about that or saying I graduated from Brooklyn Law School um, working a full-time job, um, you know, and I did well with that and I got a good, like none of those things were achievements in my mind because I still, I could do more. I, and, and to some degree, I really feel that way till this day, but I've, you know, I, I've, I can see those destructive thoughts coming mm-hmm. a little bit faster. I can identify the triggers a little bit faster, um, but only because I, I was brave enough to seek a mental health professional. I was brave enough to really, you know, and, and I say brave, not to toot my own horn, but because, um, and I feel like many people are aware of this, the Latino, the African-American community, you know, the black community, immigrant community, we are not really good at not only identifying when we're feeling, you know, extreme anxiety, depression, um, there's just an entire list of, of mental health issues that we experience. Um, throughout our lives and we're not good at identifying them because it almost just becomes like part of our everyday like you know it's normal for us to struggle we're immigrants obviously it's a struggle it's normal for us to have like all these obstacles and you know we overcome them but we don't celebrate them like that that's just normal everyday life so what happens we are less likely to seek mental health treatment. Um, you know, again, maybe it's because we don't recognize the signs. We don't recognize the symptoms. Mm-hmm. We don't know where to get help. Or maybe it's just something as basic as 
fear of causing our families shame, mm-hmm. um, which was really one of the, the major things that I had to, you know, really work on and overcome. I just kept thinking, like, my family thinks I'm the best thing that ever happened to the universe. Um, as crazy as that sound, they really subscribe to that notion. <laughs> um, they look, you know, to me for strength and guidance. And, oh, my God, I'm really going to tell them that I... I'm, you know, depressed, that I am unhappy, that nothing that I do or that I accomplish, you know, makes me happy, that there's there's a void, and I know that there's a void. Um, I didn't want to tell them that. I didn't want to admit that. Um, but the problem was that it really did start affecting my personal life. It started affecting my, you know, my career, my personal and professional development. Um, I have a real, you know, passion for entrepreneurship, and I felt like being unable to to work through and get help with these types of things was becoming debilitating. There were just too many days where my depression um, was taking over. I wasn't, you know, I was calling out of work more and more. And I really do pride myself on my work ethic and my work product. So, you know, that led to shame Mm -hmm. of not being able to, you know, my, my employers weren't able to count on me. My colleagues weren't able to count on me because on any given day, any given week, I was feeling so depressed that I couldn't get out of my bed. That's a problem. Um, you know, I my first business venture, like I mentioned earlier, um, was a full-service event production company. Um, and my team, my interns, my staff really, really um, counted on me to... I was the lead designer. Mm. I came up with all the, the concept designing, um, putting the production together, even if they were the ones that were executing with the clients, but they depended on me to at least lead the way. And there were, you know, weeks that I would go missing in action. Um, and so I, I really, really just had to stop the madness um, and figure out what my next steps were. And, and the next step was really working through that shame and working through that fear of my family and and my close friends and my husband my husband's family you know having this fear that i was going to let them down Mm -hmm. because it was either that or i was going to just be miserable for the rest of my life yeah i mean that's so powerful and karina i don't need to tell you because we've had this conversation you know in in private kitchens right (laughs) like our own little virtual our other virtual tea spots um, but I think that what you've explained is such a, a shared narrative for so many women, especially what I call ultra achieving. You know, there's the high achieving women and professionals that I'm used to. And then I've recently discovered over the last year, there's these ultra achieving professionals. I'm including that as well, where we get so afraid of complacency. Even though there, no one else will look at our lives and say there's anything complacent about about either one of us. They would never say, oh, you're not doing enough. If anything, you hear the opposite, right? Like you're doing too much. How do you make room for that, right? Um, but that fear is creating it. Of course we don't because we're looking at them like, do you, have you met me? Like, do you know? <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, it's like, wait, how do you, <laughs> we, we don't believe all the people that are telling them, no, you're absolutely, it's, it's just such a mind-boggling mm-hmm. thing, especially that you're saying it out loud, because I'm like, you know, I need to really work on that, That that's my next thing, like, 
you know, my perspective is a little skewed because how can everyone else be wrong? But you're right. It's like this fear of being complacent. It's this fear of like, I don't know, being media, feeling mediocre. I, I, I don't understand it, but it's a very real thing and we struggle with it. And so many people don't even get a chance to identify it. Um, but, but it's real and it leads to serious um, mental and emotional, you know, conflicts at, within yourself. Yeah. Well, at least that, that's been my experience. I don't want to speak for everyone else, but I do really believe that it's a shared experience, like you said, with many of us. Oh, it's super shared. I mean, women, as we know, are like twice as likely to be depressed in at least America than any anyone else. And I forget what the stats are off the top of my head, but it's like 24 million Americans have been di- diagnosed, which means they actually went somewhere to receive yes. the treatment, right? Um, and at least half of that don't exactly are you know they refuse to get Mm -hmm. treatment or become victims of the the stigma you know of getting help for depression or anxiety gosh forbid yeah or be honest enough when they are being seen by their primary care provider or some other kind of clinician some certified clinician about what's happening because they'll minimize it and say oh you know you know what's what's going on with you are you sleeping fine so they'll say yeah i'm sleeping fine even though they're sleeping two hours a night um, you know, or there, or 12 hours a night. <laughs> I'm raising my hands on this one. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> In honor of full transparency. <laughs> You're one of those people. <laughs> I was. I, I have to say that uh, thankfully I no longer am. And since I stopped doing that, um, obviously is when I've made the, the most progress. But I, I went into this saying I refuse to become a victim of the stigma, right? I've refused mm. to, at the very least, not seek professional help. I'm not sure that I'm going to run with it, but, you know, I, at the very least, I need to give this a chance. Like, I'm just not going to be a victim of circumstances. I'm not going to be the next Latina mm-hmm. um, or the next immigrant or whatever that falls through the cracks because I, even though I identified that I potentially have these problems, I was too scared to say it out loud. So I figured that, you know, if I was smart enough, or if I was resourceful, as everyone else was claiming I was, finding a doctor could not, you know, be that difficult. It was going to be a piece of cake. And I was wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, I admit that I was wrong. I mean, it took me a lot of effort and a couple of years before I really, really connected with someone that I felt truly got me. Um, you know, someone that understood my brand of madness um, <laughs> and could, you know, set aside, like, all my quirks and my the bad habits that I've formed over the you know the span of my entire life and force me to be honest yeah because i have to tell you it's not that i i don't want to misrepresent and, and let people believe that i'm a liar but when it comes to me and sharing um anything that i may be going through um, any anything negative I, I I just have a hard time. I don't want to burden my loved ones right. with any problem that I might have because I, I believe that I was put on this earth to ease other people's burdens and to make their life, you know, mm-hmm. easier in any way that I can. So, of course, I don't want to burden them. And this doctor was the first person that saw through all the bullshit, <laughs> um, all of, like, you know, the scamming, mm-hmm. and just was like, okay, if, you know, we apparently connect, you feel me, I feel you, 
if you're not going to be serious about sharing what's really happening, like in graphic detail, if you're not serious about doing the work and it's hard work, you are going to come in here depressed and you are going to leave more often than not ready to kill yourself because in doing the work, you're really digging deep and a lot of it is, is even more painful than you you know realize. Mm-hmm. She's like, if you're not going to do any of that, please, let's not waste our time. You're really busy and I, you know, I have other clients that I could really help. I was so offended. I was like, yeah, whatever, you know, whatever for you. But I have to tell you, I really, I sat down and thought about it. Mm -hmm. And I was like, she's right. If I don't share and if other people don't share the details, like the reality of it every day, you are not going to make the progress that you need to make. And this is just going to be a difficult experience forever. Mm. You're just going to keep going to therapy. It's not working. You're going to blame the system. Mm -hmm. And, you know. Not to say that all therapists are fantastic and that everybody, you know, everybody's created equal or, or takes this seriously, but you're going to blame the system where, in fact, a lot of it is because you're not, you're still scared. Yeah, absolutely. I, I completely agree with that. And you made such a valuable point that the, the match has to be felt, but you need someone who's going to disrupt your thinking. Like you're, you're too smart for your own good and you met your match with someone who said something disruptive. You know what I mean? And that's exactly what you needed. Absolutely. And, and I have to tell you, like, it, it really, it's only because of her. And then another thing that I feel is it's even, even more of a problem in our communities and with women, which is. Some of us really need medication. Oh, yes. Therapy is not enough. If you have a chemical imbalance. Exactly. And, and I'm, I think I'm saying this not only for the people that have the chemical imbalance, right, and are struggling, but also for their families and their friends and their colleagues. Guys, some of us really do need medication. Yes. Together with therapy, you know, if there's something, if there's an imbalance inside of us, you know, no matter it's it doesn't matter how much you're talking. It doesn't matter how much you're digging or how much progress you're making. We need that extra help um, just to bring us to a baseline. And the, it, the, it's a huge stigma. And you will hear people say, well, have you tried natural? Have you tried meditation? Mm-hmm. And that's to say that meditation and tea and therapeutic, <laughs> all, I am not knocking them. I, I know. We've had this you know, conversation. Mm-hmm. I, I have a, a Reiki practitioner that I go to. And, you know, acupuncture. I, I believe in meditation and yoga. I, I mean, they're fantastic, but you know what? If I'm not on my medication and I'm not taking the medication consistently, I my brain is not even going to turn to those things. I'm not going to be able to get out of my bed. I need something to just get me to baseline. Um, and I think there's such a misconception with that. Yes, it is. And, and, there, and not everybody needs therapy, right? There are a lot of people that don't suffer from chronic depression or, you know, acute anxiety. They just have moments or periods of times or, or events in their lives, you know, that really bring them to that place. Yes, it's but, situational. Absolutely. Exactly. And that's very different. So I'm not advocating, you know, go and get some Prozac or, <laughs> or, and, you're, and everything will be okay. But I am very much advocating, you know, that it... If it's deeper um, and more, you know, ongoing, it's it's really disrupting and and your life and, and, you know, debilitating to you on any level, 
a therapy might not be enough and you know what that's okay it exactly doesn't make you any more weak it doesn't make you you know less smarter or less competent if anything it makes you you know a stronger person there, there's power in admitting that you need help and again this is me being a hypocrite because I can say that out loud and on a good day I practice that but on bad days I just become a recluse and you know I don't seek help I don't share with my loved ones I don't let them in mm-hmm. but but I acknowledge that now that I've been getting help and again I can kind of see it happening and and I try to stop myself and and kind of you know to, like I go back to the basics like okay I wouldn't give this advice or I wouldn't tell someone right. else that I'd love to act this way mm-hmm. stop the you know nonsense you know better now I know better I I've I have help. I know better than to just allow myself to fall into that trap every single time. Because, you know, there are times where I'm like, uh-huh, it's Friday. It's been a rough week. I'm going to order some pizza. I'm going to marathon, you know, something on Netflix. And I'm just going to smother my beagles, you know, with love on this couch. And and that's it. And I don't, I don't think that's bad. I think that that's actually great. Like that is your balance. Now, granted, I know there's an extreme that you're talking about. Like when you know you went way far into the deep bubble and you're starting to turn into shrink wrap, you know, smothering yourself with it versus you just saying, you know what, let me disconnect and, you know, not respond to notifications on my phone or constantly checking email or just, you know, whoever, whatever's complained about something. Let me just not be available for anyone else except for me right now, even if that includes hugging my beagles and watching some Netflix. So I feel you. Like, I think that that's your balance completely. And, Karina, you mentioned a lot around, you know, diminishing the severity of how people perceive depression and anxiety or just mental health um, in and of itself, just other nervous system health disorders by saying, listen, we all know, well, most of us know that depression is usually incited by an event, you know, something traumatic, PTSD related, you know, Lord forbid, you know, a rape or loss of a job, or it's just something major that shifted your normal. But it also, for a lot of people, there was no event. It was just a chemical imbalance. And for some, there are you know, two happening at the same time, which takes them to a whole nother level. So for me, if I'm having a chemical imbalance, if anything, I should feel a little bit better that I didn't have to go through a specific event to cause that. Um, You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's hard for people because they think, oh, something's wrong with my brain. Yeah. And that's not your fault. Blame it on your parents. Blame it on your genetics. (laughs) Yes. Or your fault. No. It's not all you're doing. It is not because you fell short. No. Um, you know, along the way, it isn't because you didn't enough or, you know, you didn't follow some kind of guideline Mm-mm. or pay attention to your parents' advice. It, it isn't. Sometimes it's a little bit of that. But with a chemical imbalance, there's nothing you can do no. to, you know, affect that unless you take and I'm not saying, you know, obviously there's a serious problem, especially in America today, with doctors over medicating. Oh, of course, people yeah. Themselves over medicating themselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there's a very big difference with taking some level of medication that gets you to that baseline, as opposed to taking an abundance, you know, mm-hmm. of medication, over medicating yourself so that you are, you know happy as can be and everything you, you basically like all you're seeing are rainbows and right <laughs> um, and, and, and that's just not real 
real, right? Like now you're you have a whole nother problem. You're at a whole nother extreme. Mm-hmm. Exactly, because it's like, yeah, at some point that bubble's gonna burst and you're going to realize that, well, yes, it's great to be positive and, and you know, to look at things in a positive light. Oh my god, unicorns do not like, you know, appear every day and and I, I if they appear at all, oh my god, that's like <laughs> too. So I, I think that obviously with everything else like everything else, there's a balance and um, people should be very, very careful about their doctors, you know, over medicating them. They they should be they should take some responsibility for oh, yeah. um, the medications that they're giving, do research, um, see what works for them. I aside from from chronic depression, um, I also have um, it's it's weird. There isn't really any classification for, but I have chronic fatigue syndrome. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the beginning, when I was diagnosed with this, uh, you know, they had me on like three times the dosage that I take now. I recognize I, I was becoming manic. Like it was like I was more hyper. I'm already hyper and high energy. Like people are like, oh my god, you need to just what talk slower. But like I was manic all the time, and so yeah, that's great. Like because during that period of time, I was like, I'm not giving this up. Oh my god, I am so productive. Instead of you know doing everything that I already like, I can take on so much. Oh my god, I feel like you know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's not that. That again is just not particularly helpful. Yeah. It's not healthy in the long run. So. You know, I'm proud to say that I I started researching Mm -hmm. um, other, you know, cases of chronic fatigue syndrome, especially because it's just not something that's very well known or very well documented. And um, I was just like, okay, I need to to take some responsibility for my health. It's not just following what the doctors are saying, because to some degree, they might have another, you know, an agenda. You might be wrong. Mm -hmm. You know yourself best. And now a couple of years later, I literally take a third of the dosage that I was taking when I was first diagnosed, and I function exactly, I mean, like, I don't have those manic episodes, but I function just like any other normal person, Um, and I take pride in that, because let me tell you, as an overachiever, it was a very hard to um, walk away from those, (laughs) those moments of mania that I was just beyond productive, like, I, I was thriving, but I also recognized that there something was wrong right like yeah no i was going to be able to sustain that level of energy um so that's yeah, over overstimulated yeah when you're yeah. overstimulated that's a big problem yeah absolutely and like i mentioned i mean and, and you know me you've, you've seen me in action just on a on a personal level mm-hmm. i'm already really high energy so can you imagine like people you know dealing with that that version of karina i am still apologizing to loved ones for <laughs> No, Karina, that's when you get to fall back on the, like, this is not my fault. I need us to do a DNA check and look at our ancestors and see what was going on in our gene pool. I need to check this chicken that I'm eating, what hormones was in it, and (laughs) what they're putting in the air. Like, no, I'm, I'm, like, semi-joking. But I I think a lot of the chemical balance is part genetic, part environmental, part you're walking down the street and you didn't even know that you were passing some kind of smoke-infested area that caused something and left you know, an imprint on your neurons. And that really does matter for a lot of people, let alone if you were pregnant at the time and, you know, all those kind of good things. Um, 
which is a whole nother rabbit hole. But I want to know, what do you do to pause? Like, how do you unapologetically pause for yourself now with everything that you have going on? Hmm, okay, <laughs> that's a tricky one. So I will say that I, I definitely have, um, I, I definitely have developed a system for combating um, a lot of the imbalances, um, you know, in my life. And, and even though I'm a Libra and I'm an attorney, you would think that I'd have more balance, right? Like these things represent the scales of balance. Mm-hmm. That's not the case with me. I am. <laughs> I'm extremes at at it with my emotions and you know my ideas, probably ninety percent of the time. But some of the the things that have really helped me um, is one understanding, really really understanding that launching a business for most of us, even you know a lot of us that also have full time careers, is a wild ride. It's, it's full of ups and downs, and you know some of it we spiral out of control for a couple of days or a couple of months and that's normal like that's mm-hmm. what we signed up for that and and that it's okay right so every time I start um getting down on myself like I call my my inner shit talker you know inner gremlins like when I start becoming a really harsh critic of myself I now identify that I try to identify what triggered it um and, and I really focus on breaking, like telling myself, this is not true. It feels true. It sounds true. But this is really not true. Like, you know, maybe give myself a couple of minutes, even a couple of hours to focus on that and take the time to do that. Um, so that's really like my number one. And, and that's something that, again, I developed through just therapy and, and being a little more cerebral and taking responsibility for why I feel the way that I do. That's the hard one. Um, there are other things that, just depending on the severity of how I'm feeling, um, have also, you know, been really helpful and and that bring me joy. Um, reaching, you know, out to my friends and family, very powerful. When I'm starting to feel a little down or I'm feeling like very stressed or overwhelmed, my usual is or what I fall back to is just shutting everyone out because I don't want them to see me that way. Not because I'm ashamed. I'm no longer ashamed. Like uh, I'm normal like anyone else. I'm mm-hmm. a normal human being. It happens. But because I don't want to burden them. So I've like really, really learned and now use that to bring balance in my life that I really have to reach out to these people, whether it's just, you know, to share something that happened that day or like, hey, I'm not feeling that great. Can you meet me at the movies? Like, I want to go see Wonder Woman. I love comic book, you know, movies. And I don't want to talk about anything, but I just, like, I just need a hug and some distraction. Like, just on a basic level, really, really trying to do that. And then I am constantly, constantly trying to get back into a regimen that I can sustain in terms of, like, a healthier diet. I... I am obsessed with cupcakes. Cupcakes bring joy to my life. Um, there's probably something very wrong with that, but... <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm running with it. I don't know if there's, like, you know, some kind of emotional crutch attached to that. I don't care. Cupcakes, they're pretty. I love pastries. They bring joy to my life. But I also have other really bad, you know, eating habits. And I, I 
don't get enough sleep and I don't make time yeah. or I don't make it a priority to exercise. So one of the things that has really, really started to bring more balance um, into my everyday is trying to fold, like admitting that I need to drop the like drop the pizza, like walk away. Mm. You will not die if you don't have that slice of pizza, especially if you are planning on having a cupcake later on. Like just stop the madness and really make yourself a priority. Um, and that's something that I struggle with, but I'm working on it. And that's been bringing like a nice amount of balance and you know wellness into my everyday. Um, and then just finding, I used to do so many things when I was younger, you know, through college, even post-college a little bit, that brought me real joy. And they had absolutely nothing to do with business because if you ask me, you know, yes, I'm a workaholic, but I love it. Like, I really, really, really love it. There are some aspects of owning a business, like doing the books, you know, and, and, and there are some things that I hate, and it's just part of what you have to do. But when I'm, like, in a flow and I'm creating something, um, you know, working on the business of we, anything like that, I actually love it. But what I've started to incorporate recently that I'm really proud of, and, and I know that a lot of people hearing this that know me are just going to be so happy for me, is going back to the basics mm -hmm. made me happy when I was 21. I love to dance. Ah, yes. Life. At one point of my life, you know, I was um, dancing professionally. I mean, still working and doing, I, I didn't pause everything else that I had going on, but um, I was really into mambo, cha-cha. You know, I, I started taking it seriously and I danced. I was on stage, but separate from, you know, I traveled. Separate from that, I would go out dancing or I would just like take a dance class. I would turn on the music in my living room, practice what I had. Before. I mean, like, and it brought me such joy and had nothing to do with any other part of my life, my career, my responsibilities to my family, you know, my businesses. And I don't know why I stopped. Um, I don't know if it's just part of like the self-sabotage and, you know, spiraling into more depression, but I really think that cultivating an identity apart from your everyday, like just even if it's gardening, if it is, I have, I, I, dancing is a thing for me. I, I don't know what else, you know, there is out there that would bring me that kind of joy. Um, but I think tapping into that is just so important and underrated. It really does make a difference. Um, and, and it's just something that I do for myself. It's not something that I do for any other human being that I feel responsible for or that, you know, I want to help. This is me helping me. Which I think is hilarious because uh, a, a big conversation that I have with a lot of my careerpreneurs, you know, those like yourself, a professional who's also an entrepreneur, is helping people distinguish the difference between their talents, their skills, and their gifts. You know, the skills are the things you went to school for or somebody else had to teach you. Your talent, like for you, is dancing. It's something that fuels you. It literally makes you feel different. It shifts your mood. Where a gift, which could look similar to a talent, like your gift could be dancing, but when it's a gift versus a talent it's for everyone else so you'll shift everyone else's mood when you dance like there's some you know you ever watch someone sing and it just like changes the atmosphere for for everyone else but they're like oh you know it didn't really do anything for me glad you liked it you know what I mean like my mind, my mind is blown right now I hadn't even made that distinction mm -hmm. I, this is something that of course I'm gonna have to give some serious thought to 
you're absolutely right. It's like mind blown right now. Um, <laughs> I like mind blowing. <laughs> I would have just never made that distinction. And now I'm feeling even a little bit better about, you know, going back and finding this part of me. that Yes. I so thank you very much for, you know, validating that little part of, of my journey. You're welcome. I mean, that, that's what it's for. Like that's, that's the reality. Like you were innately gifted or talented, should I say, as a dancer. And it's something that when you came back to, it does something for you. But it may not necessarily, outside of your mom, it might not necessarily shift anybody else's atmosphere to watch you dance. You know what I mean? Like not to say that you're bad at it. Listen here. Listen here. <laughs> there are a lot of things that I have a hard time taking compliments on, you know, my looks or my many accomplishments. But the one one of the same things is I'm a very good dancer. Oh, I believe that, honey. Now that you've challenged me, <laughs> I have to go out so that I can prove that. However, that sidebar, I apologize to everyone. You know. No, I love it. It's a good job because I am like a very special person. Everyone in my family teases me. Like I have rhythm only when there's like a really inappropriate move happening. But <laughs> anything else is like, what is she doing and why is she related to us? So, <laughs> but you know what? Oh my God, there's, I hope that you still dance. Even if. Privately. <laughs> no, no, there's such joy. Right. Karina's like, disclaimer, I'm saying this, but wait until I see her first. Like let me let me check first. <laughs> oh my God, there's just such joy in, in bopping around to your you know, your own rhythm or your own all this to say, don't ever you know, you can feel absolutely confident and comfortable dancing in front of me. Because um, it's going to bring me joy seeing you, you know, bop slightly off rhythm. Yeah, that that would be me. You know, I'm a fool. Like you, you've met me. You know, I'm a complete fool. So I'll sing and dance and do all the kinds of things. My daughter will be like, "Stop, mom, please," because you know she's a real singer. And I'm like, "Whatever." Like, I listen. I love me some me. So whatever. <laughs> You have been so amazing, Karina. Thank you so much for carving out time in your day to bring Balance Bully listeners some of your amazingness, your honest truth, your rawness, and your integrity. Like, I super, super appreciate you today. I thank you so much. Oh, thank you for having me. I, I got to tell you, I, I'm just so excited to be able to share a little bit of this because I really do think that it's something – um, you know, just being okay that with the fact that you might have some kind of mental health issue, especially with, uh, you know, and just with entrepreneurs, small business owners. Yes. So thank you for giving me the opportunity to not only share this with, you know, your audience, our audience, but in talking about it, I also, you know, embrace it a little more and, and, and close am closer to being 100% okay with it. Um, so thank you for giving me the opportunity. It's it's just been such a pleasure. And oh my God, so much fun. No, thank you. So tell everyone how they can connect with you. Where can they catch you? Your favorite social media platform, your website, all that good stuff. Of course. Um, um, okay, so in terms of social media, I will be honest. I, um, I'm a tech junkie, so you can find <laughs> me on just about everything. Um, on Facebook, on Instagram, Twitter, Pinterest, and my handle is the same across the board, which is Karina Garden X. 
Um, my personal favorite, however, is Instagram. I feel like that's the one where I, you know, I really share whatever's happening in my personal life and where I, I might get a little political or, you know, you'll see a, a very authentic version of me on Instagram. Not to say that, you know, everything else isn't necessarily authentic, but find me there because it's a lot of fun. <laughs> um, separate from that, I'm just, you know, just being honest, but separate from that, um, you can... Uh, check out a little bit more of what I do at KarinaGarden.com and um, one of the my you know biggest joys and, and things that I am just very excited about um, the, the initiative that my partner and I have started the business of we um, you can also go to that website because there's a lot of exciting um, things happening there that might not be reflected on my personal website and that's um, bizofwe.com which is amazing. And Biz of We is a power partner of ours too, guys. They are an incredible, valuable resource for entrepreneurs, especially the brown and black. I will give a big, big ups to us brown and black folk. I want to thank Karina Garten for being incredible. And of course, I want to thank our listeners for taking a moment out of your day and allowing us to plant positive seeds in your life, your relationships, and your business. If you like what you hear, please subscribe rate and share this podcast to help us ensure the bold and brave have access to all of these valuable balanced tools we don't just take this time out of our day for nothing because we love chatting which i love doing anyway but it's to make sure that you get what you need and you get it in a way that you can receive it as always i want to sign off with a little gentle honesty paying homage to our expert featured guest today karina garden it's a little bit of a mix of what she said and what i said bringing it together as a major takeaway so courtesy of karina garden her general honesty moment for the day is being an ultra achiever has its pluses and minuses the fear of complacency and mediocrity can create a void filled with shame when we are at a special place where we don't recognize that we can be content and not have to be complacent so that's general honesty and the ramifications of all this joy and love that we're receiving right now take it receive it and hold on to it and if you guys are not already a member come on over and join the community of investors at balanceboldly.com and of course the main place where you can get everything you need is on figpro.com because we have major things coming up like the dreamers blueprint community and our insiders don't miss that get on the list before you miss it all right guys this has been amazing and incredible i'll see you on the next episode and until then set an intention to enjoy the balance of your day and do it boldly.